welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer. This weekend, a mixed bag of results, Pete. Uh, poor result defeats for Wakey and for Leeds, but a decent win for Cass against Warrington. Yeah, that's a uh, fair enough summary, I think, Rich. Uh, not a good weekend for uh, for Wakefield, your team. Yeah. First of all, Leeds losing in Toulouse, which meant that the French team went above Wakey off the foot of the table. And um, then Wakey lost to Hull KR in um, intense heat on Sunday afternoon. That was the second time in as many games they've been in front at half-time and not been able to go on with the job. Uh, the previous week at Magic against um, against Toulouse, it was 20 points to four. Up there. A little bit closer against Sulcair, they were 4-0 um, ahead after the break. But um, it went wrong for them in the second half. They did score a, a late try to make it quite a tense final few minutes, but... Um, it's just not good enough from Wakefield. They're on their own at the moment. They've slumped from um, a team who looked like they were going to mount a playoff push to a side who are in real danger of relegation. Um, I think we have to be honest about that. They're only behind Toulouse on points difference at the moment, but Toulouse have got two home games coming up. Their next two matches against Salford and Hull. And I think there's every chance the French team in the heat of the south of France, um, I think there's every chance of the French team winning those two. Um, this weekend, Wakefield against St Helens, and you wouldn't expect Wakey to win that. So there could be two points adrift by close of play on um, on Sunday evening. Um, and it's really it's the biggest crisis Trinity have faced since the famous 2006 season when um, they were doomed to relegation with six games to go and John Keir came in and um, somehow managed to turn things around and they beat Castleford in a winner-takes-all match on the last afternoon. They've gotten away with it quite a number of times, Wakefield. As a Wakefield fan, you'll know, Rich, that yeah. it's been, I think it's something like six times Wakey have gone into the final game or the final weekend of a Super League season with the possibility of relegation hanging over them. They've always got away with it in the past, but that look's going to run out at some stage and it's beginning to look like it might be this year. They've added to the squad a little bit, brought a couple of signings in who might strengthen them, but they're just out of the winning habit, unfortunately. The, the real catastrophic result was the Magic Weekend won against Toulouse when they... It was a game they had in the bag at half-time, then they just imploded in the second half. Um, they had every opportunity to beat Hull KR, who were another struggling team who um, would have been in relegation trouble themselves if they'd lost. Um, but all the pressure is on is on Wakefield now, um, and it's a, it's a sad situation for them to be in. Um, obviously, they would have hoped Leeds would do them a favour last weekend, but I, I never really felt that Leeds were going to win against Toulouse with the squad that they sent out. And in those conditions, um, missing both first-choice halfbacks, missing Zach Hardake, who's effectively their first-choice fullback, or one of them, 
Um, no crews leaving. The hooker ruled out. And only one specialist prop in the squad. It was always going to be a big ask. Um, young kids gave a good account of themselves. Jack Sinfield and, and Max Simpson, two 17-year-olds who were called in in very difficult circumstances. But um, to lose with a better team and deserve to win. The, the encouraging thing for Leeds was probably that they finished the game the stronger in 40-degree um, heat, so that says something about their fitness. But they're not out of the woods yet themselves. Play Wigan on Thursday, and it's hard to see Leeds winning that before Wigan were in. Bevan French scored seven tries last week against Hull when they won 60 points to nil. Um, Leeds haven't got a particularly strong side out this week, they're still missing Blake Austin and Aidan Caesar. Um, Cruz Leeming is out with a foot injury, which has now been dis- um, diagnosed sorry, as a stress fracture. And that's going to keep him out for possibly up to 12 weeks. He's hoping to be back before the end of the season, but there's no guarantee of that. And that's a huge setback because Cruz is probably the most influential player in Leeds' team at the moment. They should have a Zach Hardacre back this week, which would be a bit of a boost. But still no Caesar, still no Austin, still no Matt Pryor up front. Um, Zane Tetevano still suspended. Tom Holroyd still suspended. They do get um, Harry Newman back, which is obviously a, a positive. But one of the guys who's been stepping in up prop Sam Walters, he's the latest to go down with an injury. So Leeds just can't buy a break at the moment. They're just really struggling to get players on the field. And um, I think playing Wigan, a Wigan team in the form they're in, it's going to be a really tall order. Then it's Catalans away the following week, back to the south of France in the intense heat. And um, three successive defeats. If Toulouse win their next two matches, then they'd be... um, Breathing down Rhino's neck, so I, I, I still think Leeds will be okay. I, I think, particularly if they can get the likes of Caesar and Austin back, Pryor is one game away from being available after his suspension. Um, if they can get those players back, I, I think they'll be okay. But I, I, at the moment, particularly without leaning, I, I just think they're going to miss out in the um, the race for the top six, which, considering the expectations at the start of the season, would be hugely disappointing. Yeah, I can't agree, disagree with much you said about Wakefield, unfortunately, Peter. I know when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, we were feeling quite upbeat and saying if they could beat Toulouse in Newcastle, then they were as good as safe. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, it's a couple of defeats and it's looking really grim now. Um kind of kept the faith, as you say, throughout Wakey's time in Super League, and we've discussed it many times on here, the smaller budget and crowds and the fact that they don't run with a particularly big squad and obviously they have a decent starting 17, but take three or four of those players out and they're soon struggling to compete and every year then it becomes a race to basically not finish bottom, which is... Not really what anything anyone wants, but you know they're the cards that Wakefield are dealt. Unless somebody comes in with a huge amount of money, or they suddenly find a few thousand fans from somewhere, then it's difficult to see that changing this season, next, or the one after that. Even I know we said the other week the improvements on the ground had begun, and that gave 
Wakefield possibly the chance to attract some new sponsors and uh, better corporate hospitality and maybe families who might be attracted by the chance to sit in better conditions than are maybe available at the moment but even so they won't come unless the team are winning and I don't think you'll attract many new ones in the championship which sadly is where it looks like they're heading at this moment um, as we said fortunately since we last spoke they've lost Jay Pitts and Max Jowett and Tom Johnson also confirmed he's played his last game for Wakefield I know Tom has had his injury problems down the years but obviously been on his day Wakefield's best player by a country mile but uh, it sounds like they've gambled on trying to get him fit without giving him an operation and now they've had to concede that he does need an operation which means he won't play again this season so they're, they're three huge blows and as you touched upon ch chatting about Leeds um, they're going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment but at least Leeds have got some top class players and youngsters to come back in and Obviously, I'm afraid Wakefield haven't got players of that calibre to come in and, and bolster the team at this desperate time. Uh, the Toulouse game really happened the other week. That that was the killer as far as I'm concerned. You know, I agree with you there. That, that game was in the bag. And when you lose a game like that as a player, you must start to think, you know, this isn't looking good, guys. You know, we had that lot in the bag and there are key rivals and... Because straight away then, Toulouse have gone and built on that and, and beaten Leeds. Again, as you've said many times this season on the programme, you fancied once it got warm down in the south of France that Toulouse would win more home games than they lost. And that's obviously what they're targeting to do. They came over to Newcastle and beat Wakey, goes without saying. But in general terms, they're obviously targeting their home games to try and get enough points to stay above Wakefield. And the way it's going with the two sides running... It looks like they may well do that. Uh, as you say, you can't see Wakefield getting anything against St. Helens on Sunday, although stranger things have happened. But I think <laughs> that would be the ultimate strangest thing that had happened if, if Wakey did manage to beat them. And, uh, you know, even even Warrington down there, they're struggling a bit, as I mentioned at the start of the programme. They lost to Cass. But, again, you'd think Warrington, with Daryl Powell in charge and, and the squad and resources they've got, You'd, you'd fancy them. It would be, oh, again, a, a terrible season for them if they missed out on the playoffs, but you'd fancy that they've got enough in the bank there uh, to stay up ultimately. Um, but, yeah, sad days for Wakey, but as you say, if, if you play Russian roulette every year, then one day the bullet's going to be in the chamber and it looks like it might well be this time. Uh, it's, it's hard to see where the next win's coming from. Um, I don't even know. I was looking after the whole KR game. Is there someone else who could come in and, and replace Willie Poaching uh, like John Keir, Keir did that time and, and work the Oracle? But it's hard to think of anyone off the top of my head who could, could come in, even if they're just to assist and, and give a, a different voice. Um, you know, Wake, I was listening to the Waker game on Sunday on the radio, <clears throat> excuse me, and it just seemed like they were, they were playing well, but they, they didn't have any way of sort of finishing off the set. They were just kind of kicking the ball forward and Hulkar were cleaning up and bringing it back. And that just seemed to be repeated. And then they got the late try, but again, it was too late um, to check, affect the result. And uh, it sounded like there were plenty of effort. And, uh, you know, everybody, nobody certainly gave up like they did at Salford a few weeks ago. 
and they were in the game till the end obviously scoring that try late on but you know it's not good enough they need, they need wins and they need them urgently and, and it's hard to see where they're coming from yeah grim, grim situation um the, the positive from our patch is castleford yes you've got a point gap now um look fairly secure in the top six there in fifth it's it's very tight really from fifth right down to um to the bottom two well i'm pretty sure castleford will be able to hang hang on in there and they've done well under Lee Radford um, top bloke uh, he's done a good job I think at Cass interesting game for them this weekend Friday night he's back at Hull for the first time as Castleford coach so that'll be interesting the boot will be on the other foot because obviously last weekend Darrell Powell made his first return to Cass as Warrington coach and now Lee Radford's going to go through the same experience, although he's a, a fairly regular visitor to Hull, or he was when he was between jobs. Um, I don't think that'll phase him too much. And I'd really expect Cass to, to beat Hull the way things are going. Hull are in a little bit of free fall. So I think Cass, probably, they're not going to get in the top four, I don't think, but I think they can certainly secure fifth spot and you'd say particularly after the poor start they had to the season that um, that's been a good effort from Tigers they've had plenty of injuries and quite a number of suspensions and things have gone against them but they've, they've handled it pretty well for the most part a couple of disappointing defeats but generally generally they've won the matches they've, they've needed to really in a couple of sort of bonus wins along the way as well that maybe you wouldn't have expected them to to win like the whole game which got them off the mark earlier in the season beating Catalans at home a few weeks ago in Golden Point that's been the difference really that those games have gone their way and they haven't for teams um, like Leeds below them in the table so I think um, Cass could consider fifth a, a decent finish if they can hang on and of course once you're in the playoffs then anything could happen they also be stacked against them from fifth spot but it can be done as Leeds Rhinos have shown a couple of times um, interesting game this weekend as I say at Hull but I'd, I'd expect that Cass will win that one I think we'll have a win for Cass on Friday night I think Leeds will lose to Wigan hopefully put up a decent performance and not get any more injuries or suspensions and I think Wakey will probably lose fairly comfortably to St Helens on Sunday which will as we've mentioned leave them in deep trouble and they'll be hoping that um, Salford can go down to the south of France and do them a favour on um, on this weekend but hot conditions down there it's very difficult to play and it's hard for to lose it's even harder for a run visiting teams so you'd, you'd probably tip to lose to win that one which would be um, would leave as I've said Wakefield two points adrift off the foot of the table with only seven games left so it's um, it's grim times um, not in a great season really has it for West Yorkshire clubs in Super League um, certainly clubs in our patch Huddersfield have had a, a good season into the cup final and and um, looking at a safe top four side 
other than that, there's not been an awful lot to celebrate. Um, just give a mention to a, a club that I've talked highly of in the past, Batley Bulldogs, who in furnace-like heat went to York on Monday night and pulled off another terrific win. Um, I've said this numerous times um, on this show, but I think what Batley are doing on very few resources in the Championship is just absolutely outstanding and real credit to the whole club, really, and particularly to uh, Craig Lingard, their coach, who I think should um, should be on the radar of Super League clubs if they're looking to appoint someone. Obviously, it'd be a big leap to, to appoint a championship coach as your head coach. That doesn't happen very often, but um, certainly I think clubs should be looking to get him into their system if they're looking for an assistant or something because he's done a he did a good job when I was at Keithley and he's done a remarkable job at um, at the Bulldogs they're high flying in the championship table which is a very competitive division they're up against teams with far greater resources but um, fourth in the table at this late stage is is an excellent really um, excellent achievement for them and they're above the likes of Winners Vikings and Bradford Bulls um, London Broncos, Newcastle Thunder, clubs who you'd all really have expected to um, to do better than um, Bartley this season. So just well done to, uh, to Greg Lingard and to the Bulldogs. And I hope they can, they can keep it up and secure at least a top four finish. Yeah, I mean, as you rightly say, Bartley in the top two divisions, they, they must be getting the best value for money out of... The budgets of all the clubs, uh, when you consider, with respect to them, their support and setup, uh, compared not only to the Championship big boys but also those in Super League as well. When, when I was mentioning before about Willie Poaching, uh, Craig Lingard was one of the names that did come to mind, if I'm honest. But uh, at the moment, would you want to take the Wakefield job on? To be quite frank, you know it's uh, it's a bit of a mess and they're struggling and. You know, there probably isn't the time for somebody to come in like that and turn it round. Uh, the guy at Halifax as well doing well, uh, Simon Griggs, um, on a again, a, you would imagine a lot smaller budget than the top two guys where you've got Adrian Lamb, the former Wigan coach, and Lee Drynos, most successful coach ever, Brian McDermott, coaching Featherston, which, you know, probably better budgets than some of the teams in Super League, you know, with names like that leading them. Uh, so it just shows, you know, not only the level of the competition in the championship, but how difficult it is to be competitive in that league and to try and get back out of it if Wakefield do suffer the dreaded drop. And, uh, you know, you would imagine teams like Batley and Halifax, with respect to them, are probably happy to be very competitive in that second tier and, and for now probably stay there and, and you know, give of the best at the top end of that table. Um, but one of Leo Featherston will come up, and the other one, <laughs> whoever stays down, I'm sure will be trying their damnest to get back up again next season. And again, it's another uh, another worry for whichever team makes the drop. Uh, but yeah, it's a tough bit, like you say, it's a tough division to get out of the um, the championship. And- when I go to Wakefield, people stop me and say, oh, well, if we go down, we'll never get back. 
Um, and, and that's just a, that's a worrying thing. Yeah, I think they would find it difficult. You might say some clubs, well, it's chance to rebuild, but I, I would worry for Wakefield if, if they do go down. Um, there are positive things happening off the field with the new stadium or the stadium redevelopment progressing at the moment, and that will give them far better facilities, um, both in terms of facilities for players, changing rooms, that sort of thing, um, gym facilities, etc., and also corporate facilities, which are what brings the money in. If they've got a restaurant that can raise additional income, that's going to help strengthen the squad, but um, but it'll be tough for them. I'll, I mean, don't write them off yet. With still eight rounds to play, that's a lot of points up for grabs, but they don't have an easy winning, particularly. I think they've got, got to play Saints twice and play Wigan again. Um some tough matches coming up and um, you know they need to start picking up points soon because the further Tulum's getting from the harder it's going to be obviously um, I'm not sure after this run of home games there are too many points left in Toulouse either on their travels I don't, I don't think they'll pick up a lot of wins away from home this season they've yet to win an opponent's ground the, the victory at Newcastle was their only win in England. So there is that hope for Wakefield, but, but it's, it is worrying times if you're, um, if you're a Trinity fan. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, you know, friends of mine who've supported the club, you know, all their lives uh, kind of fear the worst this time, but also the fact that I think there's always been a general acceptance in the city that without huge investment, that if Wakefield did go, I mean, they've always punched their weight in Super League um, they've always somehow pulled out a couple of unexpected wins each season which have proved the difference between staying up and going down and obviously the the games against Castleford you know the, the million pound game and so on that they've won the, you know they've, they've been hanging by a thread a few times but you know you look down in the championship and there's some huge historic clubs down there isn't there you know Halifax Widnes Bradford London maybe not huge, but a former Super League club, Sheffield Eagles, you know, none of them have ever come back uh, once they've fallen through the trapdoor. Uh, as you say, my hope is that Wakey can, <laughs> you know, they always seem to produce the odd eye-catcher when you're least expecting it, and maybe in a couple of weeks' time we'll be chatting about it's all rosy in the garden again. I certainly hope so. You know, I don't want them to go down, but... Um, my faith is being sorely tested this time. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I'm just actually just looking at the, the table now. There's I think there's eight of the Betfred Championship clubs have um, played in Super League. There's Lee and Halifax, Half. That's two. Uh, Widnes, Bradford, Sheffield. Yeah. Although that was a, a different Sheffield club, you'd say Newcastle Thunder did when they were Gateshead. Um, and Workington Town, who are bottom of the championship, and were a Super League club in in its first season. Yes, yeah. So um, it shows what can happen. I, I don't suppose when the, uh, Halifax were relegated all those years ago, they expected to spend so long out of the top flight. Um, so you know, there's no guarantee if you go down, you are going to get straight back up. Um, 
Bradford are finding out how tough yes. it is. They were yeah. they lost to London, who've managed to climb out of the relegation zone now last weekend in front of a, a pretty poor crowd. Also, a lot of um, a lot of upset Bradford fans after their last couple of results. They were hammered um, at Newcastle in the match um, on the Friday night before the Magic weekend as well. So there's a lot of disgruntlement there. But um, but yeah, it's an interesting point you raise. There are some some big clubs really in the um, city clubs in the second tier and who've been trying to get out of it for some time and, and haven't managed it. So it, it's not a division um, you want to be playing in, really, if you're, if you're a Super League Super League club. There are no guarantees about whether you'll get back or how long it'll take. Um, just some news that came through today. We're talking now on Tuesday. Um, no great surprise to anyone, but Rhinos have confirmed the signing of Justin Sangare from... Toulouse. He's a youngish 24-year-old pop forward born in Mali played um, all his rugby so far for uh, for Toulouse come through their junior system uh, French international, big lad strong ball carrier makes an impact off the bench um, at 24 he's young for a prop it's probably not the big name signing that Leeds Rhinos fans were hoping for but I think he looks like quite a good addition. I think that he has um, a connection with Russell, uh, sorry, I was going to say Russell Smith then, Rohan <laughs> Smith, um, through some mutual friends, but they know each other quite well, I understand. And I think Rohan could be could be good for, um, for Sengari. And that, that might be a, an astute signing. I think Leeds will still need to look at bringing in another prop in the off-season, but it's the first edition they've made for... Uh, 2023 and um, I think it's a I think it's quite a good one yeah he certainly he spoke well didn't he he, he said he followed the fortunes of Leeds down the years and was eager to come and try his luck in Super League so we wish him all the best you know that players don't always have to come from the big clubs that cost a lot of money do they to, if they have a point to prove and somebody can see something in them that they think they can improve on um, you know, sometimes there's some diamonds in the most unexpected of places, and uh, wish him well at Leeds. Uh, yeah, it's a big step for him, isn't it? He's moving, he's changing countries. He's going to a, I mean, I know it's not like coming from Australia or New Zealand, but he's coming to a, a country that speaks a different language. Um, it's it's a big step, and um, I think it's a, a brave decision by him and. Um, Wish him all the best. I think he's got he's got a lot of potential. He he is a big he is a big lad, as I say, but he can also play um, a news right, probably as a, an impact. So Leeds haven't really had anyone, particularly with Tom Holroyd being injured for so long and then suspended. They've not really had a prop who can come on and maintain or up the intensity. Yeah. Things tend to drop off a little bit when Mikeladge or Legsky or Matt Pryor go off um, but hopefully Sangari will be able to uh, to do that so best of luck to him yeah definitely ok Peter well I think we'll leave it there for this week a bit of a, a downbeat show but I think understandable in the circumstances um, obviously hoping that Wakefield can get out of the hole they find themselves in 
and Leeds can pick up some form again soon. Uh, I think I would agree with you. I think this weekend, Cast are the only one of our teams that I can see winning, and I think they probably will at Hull. Um, hope they'll be a bit more consistent than they sometimes are, but you say it'd be an absolute miracle if Wakefield got anything against Saints and say Wigan are in superb form at the moment, given the team that Leeds will be putting out against them. It's hard to see them getting anything there either. But we live in hope and uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. Just my usual weekly reminder, you can get the latest rugby league news from yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk and from Peter's Twitter feed at PetersmithYEP and at YEP Sports Desk. This podcast and others are available from the website and certain rugby league stories. And it's also available along with back editions on Anchor, Spotify, Google and other podcast platforms. But for now, thanks for listening and hopefully we'll be back soon.